0: Hello, it's Monday, 27th July 2020, uh, the time now is 6.42pm, uh, the temperature is, uh, I don't know, today's been pretty, pretty cooling, a pretty cooling day, been raining for, for a bit this afternoon, and, and not like those like damn hot kind of rainy days where we're used to, having here in Singapore, uh, but the, the nice cooling ones instead, the ones that are wet but still enjoyable. Mm. that's what she said. And I went to IKEA today, <coughs> IKEA, 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 I bought a big jar that's got like a, a little tap below to, 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 which is like perfect for my uh, kombucha brewing, which is what I'm intending to do now that I have the jar. Very excited about that. Yeah, I like drinking kombucha. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna learn how to brew brew, is that what you call it? Oh yeah, I'm just gonna experiment and make it for myself so that I don't have to mm, spend money to buy it. I'm just waiting for Tiff to pass me the SCOBY. So yeah. Very excited about that. I'm also excited about today's episode with Malvina. And she's the owner of slash founder of home home yoga just one home, I said home twice. Home Yoga where I'm teaching at now. Holla hey, uh This episode I forgot to say that at the start is brought to you by Oh we got new sponsors. Okay, so first one is BC Flow State. We all know and love Bronson Chan. Uh rediscover the way you move, feel and perform through the use of natural and authentic movements that can help you build strength, regain your mobility, and reconnect yourself with your physical body. <laughs> Head on down to his Instagram at bcflowstate bc underscore f-l-o-w-s-t-a-t-e. I hope we got it right. And see what he's been up to, see what he's been posting. He's been doing a lot of IGTV stuff about... um. Uh, movement stuff and yoga stuff, so go and check it out. Of course, he's very famous for his Hokkien speaking uh, video that he did for the seniors that went viral. So do check it out. Mm, Second... uh, Wait, let me click on the thing. What's that beeping? Beep, 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 beep. Second sponsor that we have, a new sponsor for the party. (gasps) Who Xia. I'll tell you who um spice up your life with this unique coriander chili by red dot chili peppers hey <laughs> yes homemade chili by my friend steph the whose uh, the original recipe was created by her dad who is an actual chef and now she's the one taking over the reins so for the love of all things spicy and green and good if you'd like to order a jar or two or three Check out the links in the description below. Everything in there. You can place your order either through IG message or you can go to the Facebook page and then you fill up the form and then yeah. Delivery is like I don't know like two five dollars or something. Ooh, go try it. Mm. Uh, coming back to the part. <coughs> oh, I've been I need to drink more water. My guess, Malvina. Um, I remember when I first met her to do the pot, the potty, and I was feeling really nervous, and she was, she was nervous as well, so we were both nervous, and, and I was worried about, like, whether, like, what, what should I ask her, how do I keep the conversation going, and I didn't want to, I wanted to make her feel comfortable, and she was stressing out about, you know, just having people listen to the conversation, and then we were all freaking out, but... Um, <clears throat> oh, there's my mom doing dish, dishes at the back. We just had dinner. But uh, this, is, this was all like, eh, in, you know, just me messing with myself. And I like had to get out of my own head and just listen attentively and be as present as I can. And I think after the first 20 or 30 minutes or so, as we begin just talking and sharing... And then it just started to flow and I was just and really enjoying the conversation with her and she has so much wisdom to share in in her own way and we talk about we talk about her relationship with yoga <coughs> oh, yo. talk about her relationship with yoga um, what else we talk about the history of home and how it began rum, rum. her experiences with love ooh and of being a mother and giving birth to, to her two beautiful sons. And one more along, uh, on the way. Yeah. So fun times. Without further ado, here is Malvina Khan. Hope you guys enjoy it. Mm, okay. Here we go. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. Malvina, you, you need no introduction. But I'll introduce you anyway. So, okay,
1: great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're a yogi. You're a, a businesswoman. You're a mother. Uh, thank you for joining me doing the party with me. Uh, oh, what's the new
1: sp- word? Party? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're in the space. Uh, we're in this, the Valley Point studio, which is also a place that you connect with very well. Um, so yeah, let's just take it all in. Uh, thanks for doing this with me i'm very excited to speak to you i was really excited when i was speaking to Edmund the last time and that was Mm. i haven't done a i haven't interviewed someone in a long time so having interviewed him and then quickly having gotten the chance to speak to you like it still feels very exciting like you know that 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 feeling so yeah i'm I'm feeling excited
1: yeah thank you for having me Mm. um yeah i i love admin so i'm looking forward to listening to that podcast
0: Mm. Okay. Uh, usually, I'll start out with just asking about yoga stuff, like how you got into it, what uh, what made you, who you are today, La, essentially. Mm. So, could you just tell us a brief experience of what yoga, how yoga has played a part in your life?
1: Oh my god, it's huge for me. I mean, it. You know, it started when I was um, in primary school in Singapore and. I was so stressed out with all the exams and academia and just everything, like the pressure that I put on myself actually, that I ended up just like with this massive anxiety and started hyperventilating and all sorts of physiological problems arose from that. in so primary school? In primary school. Can you believe it? I was actually preparing for the PSLE exam and I was like, I need to get like these marks otherwise I will fail in life and I'll never succeed and I had all these I was just like you know my mind was going crazy and I wasn't given the tools by anybody to work with that Um, luckily I had my dad and he brought me to this like amazing yoga teacher and we just spent 60 minutes in Shavasana where she just chanted and spoke to me softly and that was my first experience this is with in yoga singapore. this is in singapore she had crystals everywhere oh. she had candles she had dim lights a yoga mat out and i was in the middle of the room and i was just in shavasana and she just taught me that yeah like relaxation is something that we have to actually actively pursue and do so that was my first experience i was 12.
0: so it wasn't it wasn't like a regular class it was just a yin
1: it was just like Shavasana for 60 minutes because I was wow. so like tense in my body and I was literally grinding my teeth right. and I had like my hands all like, um, I mean, like, yeah, like bunched up test, and she, yeah. yeah, and she kept sort of like releasing wow. them and I literally felt this like humongous release in my body and wow. I never, yeah, that was like the first ever experience of it where it was so deep and I, understood that there is this other thing this other space that i can go to um where it's also me and it's Mm. like i don't need i'm not that person i don't need to always be that stressed out anxious person i've also got this really nice relaxed state that i can go to as well
0: and all that was something that you realized at such a young age like when you because, I, I mean, primary school, for me to sit there for an hour, I won't, I don't think I would have been able to <laughs> understand what was going on. I, was, I would have probably thought that this is super weird. Huh? Mm. But it's quite interesting that you managed to to connect to your body in that sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of grew up with quite an interesting, like, background. My parents were really kind of spiritual. And, is it? Yeah, like, they, they kind of, they have, they... I'm not sure. They they kind of like have this Taoist faith, like very Confucianist, Confucianistic, or whatever, whatever you want, it, Confucianism, kind of approach to life. So, um, and then I their best friends, who are like kind of like my godparents. Mm-hmm. They were healers and oh. um, mediums and um, like just
0: people who are spiritually influenced. Yeah. So they.
1: So I w- I kind of grew up in that sort of family, and I just always was told that there is something bigger something more something that this physical world isn't just our only reality so i from a very like since i was a baby i always had that in my psyche so it was very natural for me to just be open to this yogic space as well because it was all very similar in energy for me
0: for and from there from that one class what, what What happened the next? Like you left that class and then and then what?
1: Okay, so I went to um, school in Canada. I did some more yoga there, but I didn't really relate to anybody, um, you know teachers wise. And then I did I bumped into a big room yoga studio, which was like the only yoga studio that was in the, the island I was on, which is Victoria. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. I fell in love with it. I loved the physical practice. I loved the the breath work. I loved the 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 sequence that I could just come to come back to each day. So I just practiced that throughout the summer when I was in grade twelve, which is the final year of school. And so I did that, and you know that was a, a more physical practice. But what it did was that it got me into my body, and I by doing that, it got me into that space of of calm and. Um, relaxation and then when I left high school I went to Los Angeles and I was like oh my god like it was it's like the it's a Mecca it's It's like where all the vinyasa yogis are and so I started practicing with like all these amazing yogis um, in LA and I just I was just like studio hopping, just experiencing all sorts of teachers. And back in the day, there was there were no like teacher training, so you kind of just like ch- chose your teacher just that you want to work with, and then you just like make sh- like just hang tight to them and <laughs> ask them questions once in a while and hope to get some insights. Um, I went to like Yoga Works in Westwood and Large Mon and just all like all the yoga works there. So Matthias Rati, who owned the studio. Um, I think she sold it around that time, but she had a whole slew of teachers who taught there who are now like our famous yogis or whatever you, whatever you want to call them. Um, so just like learned a lot, didn't do a training, just practiced and, um, you know, just opened myself to vinyasa yoga. Um, went to Brian Kess's studio in Santa Monica and learned from him, like squeezed myself into a yoga room full of sweaty people and just... You know, experience power yoga from his perspective, and yeah, just like did everything. So it was it was so much fun. Um, and then I kind of also like I I studied international relations in in university. So I had an amazing lecturer called uh, Dr. Stephen Lemmy, and he was the dean of my school. And he created this program called um, Joint. Collaboration, a joint peace program, or whatever, and we had to go to like the inner schools, like um, to teach, like the, the what do you call that, the grade schools, to teach kids about international relations and collaboration because that was my degree. I was um, studying international relations, so I ended up going to all these um, little uh, schools, and I was teaching them international relations. But then I was, I was like, how do I teach them international relations? It's such a big word and I'm talking to like six, seven-year-olds, and and I realized I could pull from yoga. So then I started talking about peace and love and kindness and compassion and togetherness and oneness, and then you know, playing games around these ideas and these values. And so that was like my first yoga class, um, teaching these kids oh, when okay. I was in um, school in LA. And then I did that for like a few months and then I wrote a, uh, a little report about it and then sent it back. So it was all volunteer work and that was sort of my first yoga teaching experience, which all which obviously sort of helped seed you know, the kids' yoga yeah. that we have now at home yoga. Oh yeah, that's
0: true, because mm. like home has a certain style it has a it's leaning a little uh, it's leaning more towards that maternal side of it and the kids like, that's mm-hmm. why you have the mums and bobs that's why you have a lot of you focus a lot about prenatal and postnatal yeah and that was inspired from back then i mean
1: it's like something that i you know i've always felt connected like with, i've uh, always connected with and it was the it wasn't something that i was like i'm going to go and do this and it's something that I feel so strongly about it. Kind of like just arrived into my life, and it felt right, and I followed it. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay, that's part of your style as well, I guess. Yeah. Like as a person, because I think like the way you are, or rather, like say this place. This this place, the 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 colors, the the paintings, every little detail is a representation of who you are as a person and how you you want it to be like so then us like being in the space is also a reflection of how you are and how you you feel
1: Hmm. yeah definitely like i i think i was talking to you the other day and i was saying oh valley point is like my favorite Mm -hmm. studio now because i mean i love raffles when i opened it at the very beginning because it represented me then like you know 11 12 years ago 2009 whatever that is and then you know i loved oc because it kind of like represented
0: the next the next
1: phase of my life um just when i was becoming a a first time mother and then i love valley point now because it represents me now and Mm. it's so it's it's we're just this we're constantly evolving and I just whenever I come in here I just feel so settled I feel so happy because yeah everything from the the lighting to yeah. the the colors colors of the walls to the mats to the floor everything just it has come together beautiful beautifully to reflect who I am at this stage in my life at least That's and nice. then maybe you know five years from now we can have yeah. another conversation
0: <laughs> in another place maybe yeah,
1: maybe we'll see
0: having I mean like having been in the yoga scene or rather being in the business or so for, for a long time, you were one of the few people that first started um, opening studios in Singapore. Comparing how things were back then and how things are now, what's changed or, or what's ha- what hasn't changed?
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. When I first opened, we had like three studios in town. We had Pure. In Chevron and then we had absolute yoga which is upstairs from here um, the you know the one mm. on the second floor in, in Valley Point and then we had also no actually they weren't here they were in Tolo Corral and then it, we also had a uh, Bikram yoga and City Hall so there was not many yoga studios and so we were we came along and opened up this was
0: back in two, 2009
1: 2000. and then we kind of 2009 December we opened. so I would do 2010 mm started working on it like halfway through 2009 um yeah I mean it was not as mainstream like yoga was something that people still treated as a more esoteric practice so it was like oh you do yoga and it's like this other thing there's an like,
0: image that tied to it like,
1: yeah like it was not something like now you know it's like everyone does yoga mm-hmm. and it's like you would you look cool in your yoga pants and with your, your Lululemon gear and it's like this lifestyle that's created around it that if it's like you it's it's a status symbol almost like it's Mm. really like you yeah like it's like it's become it's become which is amazing because it's like can you imagine like how how far we've come you know with yoga it's like now everyone it's on everyone's it's in everyone's language and it's something that is no longer the other thing Mm -hmm. like you now can sort of incorporate the the values and the feelings the well the values of yoga into your Into your life. So that was, I would say that's the main difference. Mm -hmm. Was it
0: challenging back then to start a yoga business with such a a stigma? Rather, stigma? Or rather, it's not very popular back then. But you, I guess, also another question to tie into this Mm -hmm. question is that how, from such a young age, because you opened up home when you were very young, and it's a huge, challenge or it's a huge endeavor to want to open up a business and during that time it's it wasn't very popular let's say yoga wasn't the cool thing to do it was just it was something to do but it wasn't like the in thing and how did you feel so connected to it that you felt that you know what i think i'm gonna open up a studio
1: yeah i mean i i felt like i had something different to share so i i mean i had people coming to me and you know we had I was like probably you know for the fourth studio to open in Singapore now we've got a million and and back in the day like 11 years 2009 2000 2020 so what 11 years ago they people were saying to me you're crazy like there's so many yoga studios in town you shouldn't be opening you've got so much competition and this and that and I never like that word competition because i feel like there is no competition in yoga or in anything you do if you truly believe in your own intentions and your own clarity of vision then you will bring something that's unique to to the world and so i kind of came in with that sensibility that i'm gonna bring in my perspective on yoga at that point in time so we had the hot yoga we had some vinyasa flow so it was an amalgamation of my own personal practice so I felt I felt really clear with that like I felt um, I was obviously very nervous because I was like well oh I was listening to the people around me saying you're not gonna you're not gonna make it you're not gonna succeed but I was clear I was I was yeah I'm headstrong that way so I just went for it
0: have you always been this strong or or did something guide you? Because I mean, this is a very um, it's a very bold move to to op- 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 opening up a business is already very scary. There's investments and there's a lot of potential to fail, you know. Maybe, like from what was this something that you were you felt that was very like you were so confident that that this was the right thing to do.
1: I, I mean, there is always a potential to uh-huh. fail, even now, um, especially uh, now with especially you now, know yeah. with the current uh, situation. But I would say, back then, the re- one of the reasons why I opened it to start and why I decided to do it was I was working in a public relations job, yeah. and I mean, I really loved it. I loved the uh, the dynamic nature i love interacting with the clients Um, i love everything about it but i just sat with it and i was like i can't do this for the rest of my life this isn't me it's not my dharma and i was really clear with that too so i started getting really antsy and really frustrated and starting to just feel angry and resentful that i was in that position even though i i liked doing Mm -hmm. it I, i wasn't connecting with it and, and then what happened was my, um, my godmother, whom I call auntie, she passed away really suddenly and really quickly. And that, her death just shifted me completely. And it was like, she was only in her 40s and I was in my early 20s then. And I was like, I am not going to live my life and die working in this PR job. <laughs> so I was like, um, I have to get clear with myself now what i truly want to do and there was always this thing inside of me from a very young age i want to change the world i want to change the world and i was like really sort of idealistic about it and i realized i can change the world in my own little way and the yoga studio opportunity um, kind of arrived to me i didn't really plan to go and do the yoga studio I what I did was I quit my job, so that was the first step. And I was like, okay, now now what? I have only like a couple thousand dollars left in my bank account. I literally had no money, and I um, had. But I was lucky; I was staying with my parents. But I was also resenting that because I didn't have my own personal freedoms, and there was so many things that were at. So I was I was at sort of my uh, a juncture, you know. So I um, I left town. I left went to New York and i stayed at a friend's house to save some money and i was recalibrating before i left i for some reason i put up property guru and i like looked at some spaces and i wasn't thinking i'm going to go open this yoga studio i was just thinking oh let's just see what happens mm-hmm. and what i can find and probably my unconscious was already guiding me like my soul was already guiding me towards this this space but i wasn't like consciously aware of it mm-hmm. Then my first um, property I went to was the Raffles Place one and I walked in there and I really loved it and it was this beautiful like light filled space and I felt so good in it like the energy was just totally right, spoke to the agent I didn't want to sound too excited and I just said (laughs) how much is it and he was like oh this much money and I was like oh shit I I don't have this money I need to go and find this money and then but then he called me like a day later and he was like, actually, it's um, no longer available. So I was like, oh, that's good. The universe has said to me, I'm not gonna be doing this anymore. So I just went, I left on my trip. When I was there in New York, he called me and he was like, okay, it's available now, do you want it? And there was this thing inside of me that was like full body, yes, I'm gonna have to go back to Singapore and do this. Went back to Singapore, begged my dad to give me like $300,000 because I needed that money and he was like, no. And I was like, please, please, please. And then it took a few rounds. And then finally he agreed and, um, which was, I'm so lucky for. And then, yeah. And then we, I opened it within a month. And then within a month of opening, I made all that money back because for some reason we did, we did so well. And I felt like everything in the universe was supporting it. And then I returned that money back to him and I was back to square one again. But I could, I was already open and I, then I went from there.
0: I mean I remember hearing this story when you told when you yeah. to, talk, told us at, at MITT.
1: I hope it's like the same version or yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the same version.
0: Yeah, okay. And then you, you were saying about how you were doing your business plan or something. Did yeah, yeah. Or something, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, I was
1: writing this business plan. I was like um, to create a contemporary boutique to yoga to dad, studio. Uh. Yeah, that's personalized and intimate. I still have it in my head. And it still it still carries th- uh, to today. And he looked at it, he was like, what is this? I said, it's a business plan. He was like, oh, okay. And then he like put it away. And then later on he said to me like, what's all this writing? And, and I had cash flow statements and projections. And I was like Googling like how to write a cash flow statement, how to write a business. I had no idea. I mean, this is like, I'm learning as I, as I went. And then, you know, I learned it and I did it. And so the exercise of doing it was good. But what he said to me at the end, he was like, You just need to stop thinking and stop working on your documents and start doing. And I was like, oh, that really shifted me. And then I started doing. And then it was like, and then the next thing he said to me, which was really profound, was like, baby steps, one thing at a time. Don't like, because I was going a little bit mad, going like, what should I do? There's so many things to do, teachers to hire, this and that, you know, walls to paint. And he said, "It was one thing at a time. Every time you make a decision, be there for that decision. Be really focused, concentrate, make the best decision for that wall paint, and then next decision, and then go go with that. And then it was like, all of a sudden, like every decision added up, and yeah. then it created the studio."
0: It's very sound advice. Mm. Makes sense. So that is a business guy.
1: He is. Yeah.
0: Okay. Then, I guess that helped with the guidance for everything.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: You mentioned also about dharma hmm what is your dharma
1: Wow, oh, that's a, a really good question i mean i feel like dharmas are constantly evolving yeah. and changing
0: so okay uh to 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 go a little bit oops to go a little bit more into that question what was what did you think your dharma was back then and what is it now and how has it changed or how has it evolved
1: i mean back then i would say that yeah like I wanted to share yoga I wanted to bring yoga to people and you know 11 years ago it 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 wasn't the mainstream Mm -hmm. so I wanted to make it accessible um, to all walks of life to the to the elders to young people to people like us to everybody and you know make it something that is part of our life and i Feel like we did that, and over the years, it, my dharma, I guess, evolved through becoming a mother and the shift of that, and then it kind of started. I started wanting to bring in, you know, children's yoga and um, mm-hmm. and and specialize more in prenatal and postnatal and postpartum um, and specialized practices, and then more of the more I guess esoteric practices, in a subtle practices. And then I feel like it's sort of shifted throughout the years um I guess through my own evolution so i I think there's this deep part of me that always believes that there is there's no right or wrong in yoga every Everyone is right, and everyone should be included in the conversation so at home yoga, I try to make it as inclusive as possible, so we we have all sorts of you styles. know styles of yoga and conversations about you know how how the pelvic floor should work or how we should be in triangle because there's this way with Iyengar and there's this other way with Ashtanga this other way with like power vinyasa and etc so there's like yeah and i just it's it's an open space there's no judgment there's no um, criticism it's just let's share and let's learn from each other and i think that's sort of yeah so Back to the question on Dharma, it's, it's it's shifted really subtly over time, and to this point now, where yeah, I'm sort of also in that space of reflection, especially during such a time of of reflecting on what's next. Like, where do we That's bring true. this to as well?
0: I guess yeah. like now during this 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 fucking yeah. pandemic, things have shifted a lot, and like like how how have you been managing the shift? Like, from down from the logistics of it to the managing of of people you know like what have you been going through in terms of that
1: i mean it's been like it's been really meaningful in the sense that it's we like i have never been through something like this before so it's another yeah none of us have have, and it's so it was another learning point and it was uh, a huge growth for me because it definitely brought up my stuff and the people around me and their stuff and I had to sit with it and I had to be with it and I had to reflect on it and it um, it brought up some changes that um, you know were good some weren't good but it was just all like it's just this transition into this I guess new world that we're living in that has just shifted a lot of the the personal dynamics and you know studio dynamics and everything it's, so it's it's quite interesting and I'm actually like I feel like we're still going through it and we're holding our breaths and yeah, holding, so.
0: holding, holding the breath is a, is a good analogy because I feel like we are in a way like there is things are going on smoothly things have to go on at the mm-hmm. end of the day but there is this like a little bit we're holding on a little bit because like anything can happen the yeah. government can say something or the pandemic could explode or for <laughs> whatever reason that it could be the end of the world right if you want to think of it that way so then like how 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 do you as the individual deal with it and then how do you as the as the business side of it how do you do it as well you know yeah because like as an individual now like you you're worried about what's to come your future, your finances, mm-hmm. you're worried about um, you know, just the state of everything. And then and then oh, oh you have a business, that's even something else to, to think about. But then also to think about all these things and to be worried constantly over something that you have no control over. You know, it's it's also going back to the yoga where you need to find that space of grounding. And like we were talking about this yesterday yeah. about how like God was saying Go back to the yoga
1: yeah amazing it's like i mean to that i um whilst you were saying that i was what was coming up for me was i was listening to this youtube video and and i i know this is a little wi- a little bit wild and a little bit out there but it was this um psychic channeler and she was channeling the aliens the palladians from um the palladian security council and she was
0: i i feel like i've seen this video before it, it blew
1: my mind because what they said to her to tell us human beings was it is a time where so many people are sitting in a space of fear and there are so many people there now that if you bring yourself into a space of love which is the yoga path right like that's um that's what we're trying to to do here we we have we are actually we can actually manifest and create so much because there is so much space there because everyone else is in is in fear Mm. so i was like wow like i gotta get 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 back into the other category because obviously personally like you know, I, I vacillated. I went into fear many times, going like, "How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to support everything with the studio? How am I going to, you know, get through this two-month shutdown?" I, with the kids, you know, in my years, all the time, and being a full-time mother, that was totally not, you know, it was it was it was too overwhelming, and I had to. It was this constant reminder of going back into this space of love that I, that just really settled me, and it really helped me, and I'm still. Working with it, and that's the practice.
0: Can Can you elaborate more about this? What What the YouTube thing said, and like what this space of love meant to you?
1: Oh well, I mean, like I in my mind yeah. when when this girl was talking about it, you I know. literally <laughs> like had this bubble of like I just visual. I just had. I'm quite visual that way, so I I had this image of all these people like in space of fear, and I obviously don't want them to be in a space of fear, but if they're there and they have made the choice to be there and and I have also gone there myself so I'm not saying that I'm not one of them but and then I had this other vision of a bubble of this space of love mm-hmm. and it's full of white light and it's beautiful like everything is beautiful and it's just this never ending infinite space what? right and oh. and then I and then I and I, I actually in my mind like picked myself up from that little bubble of fear and then brought myself into the bubble of love and then I felt like wow like it was anything is possible.
0: What is, hearing what you just said, what is your what is your interpretation of fear in that retrospect? Is it an actual space that you can be in? And, and if it is an actual space in your mind or within, then is it a space that you can easily just sort of just walk out of? So, conventionally, I would think that fear is something that's involuntary right you you someone points a gun at you you feel fear mm-hmm. right it's not that I choose to like oh okay I'm gonna walk into this space of fear or I'm gonna walk out of it because if if faced with danger it's not voluntary whether you can go in that space or not but then you in from your explanation it seems like it's something that you can have control over fear
1: I think it's like the space of fear I would I mean I would sort of describe it as living in the ego mind and I think in our yoga practice we are trained to I guess work with the ego mind mm. to notice the ego mind and to observe and witness the ego mind and to know that that ego mind is not who you truly are and that who you truly are is that you are this light being and that you are this um
0: you separate from the ego now. you d- are you and then the ego is not you it's exactly
1: and yeah. you are consciousness and that you are the flow of consciousness and you are one with all and and then if you look around you you go even those living in a space of fear or whatever like they are also light beings and they are also consciousness and then we start practicing that empathy and compassion so there's no judgment like oh you're in your fear and i'm love and ha 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 like it's just this noticing and observation and witnessing and and then once you are able to witness the ego mind then yes then we can start to once you put awareness that's the that's the practice of yoga right like once Mm. you put awareness to something then you can start to shift from that something
0: it's it's about being able to be aware of it then you can take the action to 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 cure it or to remedy it or to fix it or whatever
1: exactly yeah Mm. that's the practice and you know what it's it's hard and it's 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 it will be the practice till the day I die, and I'm sure with you as well and everybody else. But, you know, um, yeah, that's I think that's why we came to Earth to learn this, and then to practice it, <laughs> and then to do it all over again in our next lifetime.
0: Where, where would you have been had you not bought that place in Raffles all those years ago? Where would you have been had there no, had there been no home studio?
1: I rented that space, um, so I don't have that much money to buy a building. <laughs> At 21 years old, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I okay. So I was like desperate to be some like an uh, uh, an ambassador of Singapore. So I applied to the Ministry of Defence like five times. Like please hire me. I'm I'm so qualified. I've got an international relations degree and this and that. And every time the the application came back, rejected. I wanted to be a journalist to report for the news. And and then I got rejected there too. Um, I wanted to be a writer. I went applied to the magazines. And I applied to um, the Condé Nast in New York. applied to the, the companies, the SPH here. Got rejected because they thought that I was the one here. Thought I was a little bit too political and mm. too out there with my thoughts and then the one in New York I couldn't get a visa for. So it everything, I mean, it was like almost what I wanted to be and what I thought I should be um, didn't happen because something else was guiding me back to yoga.
0: I think I can relate to that in the sense where I never thought I was going to be a yoga teacher. You know, it's not one of, I don't think, I don't think most yoga teachers who going to take that TT will think that this is going to be their profession you know it's just one of those things that you just showed up to class one day you do it the more you do it you like it then like oh yeah no I'll take a TT and then like oh, okay maybe I'll teach a couple of classes <laughs> and then after a while you just quit your, your day job and then you, this is your full-time thing now so it's a very strange feeling to be like if you look back five ten years ago maybe not ten years what ago, were you doing before uh, before yoga teaching? right before yoga teaching I was a copywriter And then before that... In an advertising agency? No, in a creative agency. Okay. Yeah. And then before that, I was just doing a lot of random stuff.
1: Did that satisfy you or it it was just Mm. soul-destroying?
0: It didn't... I think every job is a means to an end on some level, right? So you do the job to earn the money to then use that money to do the thing that you wanted to do. That was how I always interpret work as. I knew that I always wanted to travel. I just wanted to keep traveling mm. so then every job that i did was temporary it was just i do the thing and then i quit and then i'll go and and travel so then uh i hopped around a lot i was just very i was just always hopping around i did um what did i do i think like i was i was in B for when i was very young i think mm. everybody started out like those easy jobs as a yeah. teenager you just be a waiter for a bit then i worked in um A production agency, then I worked in PR for a bit, very short stint. Oh,
1: PR with same with Uh, me.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I think yeah, then um, I did I did uh, copywriting for a bit. I think the copywriting job was my favorite and my longest job. You know, as an adult. And then, I did yoga part time, I taught part time, and I was working full time, which is very common. You know, you just sort of. Take a little step into the water to, to teach yoga for a bit, but then like okay, you know, go back to your job because then yoga teaching full time was never seen as a real quote unquote real job. And then the more you did it, the more I realized like I was spending more time just googling stuff at my workplace about yoga. I was <laughs> waiting for for the the day to end so I can go teach class or to go practice. And then from like seventy percent to. 70% to 30% become like 60, 40, then 50, 50. Then you just keep, like now it's 100% teaching yoga. So it's a strange uh, journey to, to be led into this space. And then I feel very fulfilled as a teacher because the you're not just teaching, you're also learning, right? The more I teach, the more I learn how to manage people, how to manage energies. Um, I'm learning about just about myself as well. Through the practice itself, and through the teaching of that practice, it is revealed to you in a personal way. A, a better understanding of how things are, and it humbles you as well. It can be. Um, there's a lot of different little experiences as a teacher that you might feel, and oftentimes these are never taught in a TT. Yeah. You know, you go to a TT, you learn how to teach. Yes, but then by actually teaching, it's it's so different, and. And I feel like I've grown a lot as a human being through the help of yoga. And right now, my level of understanding of yoga—it just is so little, it's so small compared to, to say, you or for towards Edmund or to anybody else. I feel like there's so much more that I'm learning from you now to be revealed, you (laughs) you know. And then when I went when I did my first TT, I thought I knew everything there was to know about yoga. I went in thinking like, oh yeah, I know how to 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 cue, <laughs> and I know about alignment, and then I left my first TT, feeling completely lost because I, I knew nothing about it. I I thought I knew everything there was to know. I went in, I came out, I knew nothing. It felt like, like say my understanding of the world, like say if, if I'm a human on the world, I know okay gravity, okay uh, trees, nature, but then after the TT, the world. I took a step back and i could see the universe and now i felt so small like i wasn't just a person in like singapore i was a person of the universe and then that retrospect i don't know anything about the stars i don't know any part of the planets the concept of yoga felt so so big and then i understood that it was a matter of constantly learning and my journey is different from your journey and and different from the other person's journey So there's no right and there's no wrong. We go back to that as well. Definitely, yeah. And then there's just a constant like sharing, you know, we are teachers, but we, there's a misconception because the teacher training, you come out, you are a yoga teacher and you're teaching, you're not instructing, right? You're not a yoga instructor sort of, Mm -hmm. you're a yoga teacher. So you have to teach from a space of authenticity. You can't teach from something that you don't know, right? Because then you're inauthentic anymore. Fitness instructors learn the, the thing and then they rinse and repeat and they you know they, they, they teach you how to do the push-ups or whatever yoga teachers not the same journey uh, that's why everybody is different they have their own styles and after a 200 hour let's say after a month of doing your TT that rarely qualifies you to teach right you know it you, you takes you, you, anybody can one month later they come out and do the TT but whether you can teach or not it's a different story I I um, rationalize it in a way where you take your driver's license after six months or three months you know how to drive you here's your license you know how to drive by the eyes of the law but whether you can drive or not it's up to you right so that takes skill and that takes a long time to learn so then as you teach the more you learn yourself and then you grow as a person and then you grow as a teacher my experience from teaching was that the more I taught the more was revealed to me and then the more I realized like the yoga is helping me improve in a certain way because you need to be able to be uh, like you need to be better for you to be able to teach from a higher space you know you Definitely. can't be an, you can't be an asshole and then you go around telling preaching to people but you have to be a better person to be able to preach and to teach right so then it forced me to improve as a person but then through that improvement there were also doors that were opened up and revealed and that you had to face throughout this journey so then constantly this will always happen I feel like this will never end this yoga journey will never end that's why people always say like oh I'm a student of yoga first right you don't you don't come in and say like yeah I'm a teacher I know everything because you don't know anything and and that's what I love about uh, yoga and I'm excited to keep going on this journey yeah I went on a oh tangent. my gosh thank
1: you for sharing that was such a huge so tangent. inspiring and I feel like to step into this uh, role of a yoga teacher is is it takes so much courage it does oh my gosh like people people like outside of you know the yoga teaching, or yoga, whatever, like outside of this, they think, oh, you're just, they say the word, I'm just a yoga teacher, and they use the word just. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like, do you know how much the yoga teacher has to go through personally to really step into the authenticity and the honesty and the platform of being a yoga teacher? It's not just doing a TT for 200 hours, it's that personal evolutionary work, it's that self-inquiry, it's that commitment to growth and transformation within. Like these are not small little things that you just take off a the list. These are like things that you are committed to and you're dedicated to for your whole life to do. So I I have a huge respect for yoga teachers. I just feel like I'm not, per, I'm not teaching myself all the time now, but when I when I look at the schedule and I see you know all your names on it and everything I go I sometimes I really get goosebumps I really I I I feel the experience I feel that the depth of knowledge I feel the the personal evolution of everybody and it's like I'm so touched um, to be able to uh, to live with this every single day and to hear stories like yours
0: I it's I I I know what you mean. Like sometimes people will say like, oh um, oh you're only working two hours a day. You're only working four hours a day. You know that kind of thing. But in those two hours, in those four hours, you're completely present in class, and it's it's not so much just speaking. You're not speaking. You know it. It otherwise you can just on on a radio and press play, and then like that 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 the person can just teach yoga. You, know, you don't have to have be in a class, you don't have to have a person standing in front mm-hmm. of you. It's a matter of managing the room, managing the energies, observing everybody, making sure that they're safe, f- remembering your sequence, um, adapting that sequence on the go. Uh, it's a lot of things to pay attention to. And man- uh, remembering your sequence is just one thing. You have a good memory, you have got your sequence, you're, you're good. But then it's sometimes, and I I still feel the difficulty of teaching is you have to give a lot and you have to manage energy. Uh, I don't know how to uh, whether what I'm describing it right because to me it feels like it's a matter of also managing energy where everybody comes from different places in their lives. Maybe they had a long day of work, or maybe they just came from a happy wedding you know so you don't know what people are going through but when they come to this space it's uh everybody's moving in the same direction right and that's up to you to orchestrate that sometimes people may not be able to follow because of whatever baggage that they have and you have to be okay with that and you have to teach or you rather have to guide them to let them know that it's okay to be in that space and and all that in 60 minutes you like what?
1: I mean okay first of all like you guys yoga teachers are light workers you are healers you are energy mm. bearers like it's do you know how much work that takes to hold that sort of space and to viscerally connect on that kind of level so yes you come in here and you teach 2 hours a day mm-hmm. but for you to have come into that space and teach those 2 hours you have had spend a whole day Managing yourself connecting with yourself coming in connecting with yourself in the space becoming extremely present I mean who who is extremely present all the time in 24 hours like that's that's a lot of work and then coming in here and 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 doing the healing and it with your voice with your connection with your energy with your tonation with your sequence with whatever you bring in I mean it's 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 You know it's it's so powerful
0: and like it it forces you to um like if you come if you like you you're human as well right as the teacher and if you come if you had a bad day or if you had an argument with whatever Mm -hmm. and you had to come and you had to teach a class you still have to bring that same energy into class you can't you can't like bring your baggage in you know you have to put that outside teach the class and then go back out and have
1: to deal with it it again
0: so there's a lot of self discovery and 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 managing of your own self to be able to be in that place
1: and people think oh that's not work but that is that is the work what what other work do you want to do apart from this work Mm. right and then don't forget as yoga teachers you need to study all the time that takes time that takes um some space uh creating sequences, uh, the self-inquiry, that all takes time. You think that just arrives from nowhere and just happens upon you? Like, you know, it's so, it's it's years of experience, it's years of study that brings you into this role of being a yoga yeah. teacher. So yeah, sometimes when I hear people go, oh, just a yoga teacher, I'm just like, okay, well, yeah, maybe they just don't have the, the, a sense of what really what really happens, what really goes on for these people, and also like, even for me like you know managing the business and the yoga studio and teaching at the very beginning i was starting to notice that i i needed to choose one or the other mm-hmm. because yoga teaching by itself is a full-time job it it's it, it requires my full energy and managing the business was another full-time job and, and re- requires my full commitment so now you know i made a, a decision a few years ago to concentrate on just managing the business because that was, it, it felt right. I felt that was where it was guiding me to. But yeah, back to that point of it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. It's, 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 it's completely like life changing. And it's not just something that you do on the, on the sly. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You- I, I mean, you get it cause you're, you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean you can. You can do it. It's a it's a great part time job, you know. It it's the hours are good and everything. But it, it as you do it, like just just you start to learn more about yourself. That's un that that will come for sure. And then when that time comes, when you are aware of that moment, are you able to come to terms with it, are you able to face it? And sometimes people don't reach that point of awareness and then they just end up um And not to shit on like yoga teachers, but it's more of like, you can sense whether a teacher is just repeating. He said it, or he or she has said it 10,000 times in every class. He's just saying there's no real authenticity behind those words. So then you're just essentially pressing play on the recorder and then the person just talks and then you just do the thing. And then sometimes it's fine, no one can tell, but then some people can tell. And if one person can tell, other people can tell it's a very uh, intrinsic sensation totally you know? totally why, yeah like why some people relate to other teachers and not so much other like this I relate to you more I don't relate to you more, or whatever so it's very it's about math it's also about finding your style and that style means that you have to search within to find who you really are and what kind of thing that you want to teach
1: I mean, the best teachers, because I mean, you know, at home yoga, for example, I've known a few teachers the last 10 years, Copper, for example, Andrea, I've known her since day one, Admin, um, Lee, I've known for five, five or six years now, Blair for the last few years. And these are really amazing teachers, they all are so different, so unique. Sita uh, as well, I've known for a while, I mean, they've been around for a long time in Singapore teaching yoga. And what is special about the ones who are good and the ones who are really at the top of their yoga teaching? They—they—they're they're not the ones with like the Instagram following, and they're not the ones with like the huge counts on on social media. They're the ones who are committed to to growing, to to learning, to be in this space of complete humbleness and humility, and a space of gentleness, um, and a space of non-grasping and
0: all the things that involve what yoga is exactly
1: and they are and i and i have um i'm i'm so inspired by these people because it's like the reason why they're so good and so amazing is because they have committed to this path personally like they it's their own dharmic dharmic work Um, amber included like she's now teaching next door just i just seen them grow and then see I've, as individuals and and yoga teachers and it's like wow it's um yeah these are these teachers i'm just like wow I, I, it's such intense transformative work and i'm always in awe hmm. and blessed to be you know surrounded by all these amazing human beings and sometimes i I walk into the studio and I bump into one of the teachers and I I am going I'm having a bad day or reflecting on something that's going on for me and they would say something to me and I don't like I'm not like best friends with everybody in the studio but I have a relationship with everybody in a really beautiful way and I would you know I might I might happen upon someone a yoga teacher in the studio and. And he or she might just say one thing to me and that is what I needed uh, for the day and then I walk away with that wow right, right. like okay so it's, it's it's amazing what we can achieve here at the studio
0: I feel like that that is a very um, yoga community kind of thing where people people that come to yoga to do yoga come from all walks of life right but then when they reach here they are all yogis on some level so then That energy in that space, that community is very Mm close-knit. Everybody cares for one another. Everybody's looking out for one another. But then we're still an individual. We're like, we come to the yoga studio to practice together, but we are all on our own journey, on our own map. So then there is the sense of community, but then there's also a sense of personal space. Exactly.
1: And it's like this "You, you came to Earth well, I, I don't even know the saying, but it's you came alone and you're going to die alone. Mm. So this this process of growth is very individual. So yes, the community is very, is necessary to help facilitate and support the growth, but ultimately Still you. it's you. Yeah,
0: you are competing with yourself on the mat. No, no one's challenging you. Like if the guy next to you does a handstand, he's not taunting you. It's you who want to like, oh, mm-hmm. he's doing it. So I want to try and he fall off or whatever. That's your fault, you know? Exactly. So that's yeah. what the yoga has to teach you. like.
1: Definitely, we can go on and on about yoga. I mean, it's I love I love yoga. This is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love yoga, and that's what you know. Sometimes I lead the business of yoga workshops, and the trainings, um, teacher trainings, and the first thing I say to them is, "Don't be doing this if you want to make money from this. This is not a money making project. Yeah. This is this is a passion. This is a lifelong passion. This, you have to believe in it." And I. And the only reason why i'm doing this is because i believe in yoga i believe in the, the i believe in the power of it i believe in the in how it heals um human beings i just completely a million percent believe in it and it's it's you know it's so it's when i sometimes when we talk about yoga i get really overwhelmed with it because it's so large and like what you said so vast but do this job and do, the, do, the, do this work only if you really, 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 really love it. Mm. And then the money will come and, and you will be supported no matter what.
0: Yeah. Just trust that the yoga will take care of you. Exactly. How, how has your journey with yoga changed? Say from the first time you went to, your, to class to then opening up the studio until now. How has your idea of it, how has your practice changed? Oh,
1: that's a really amazing question um, I've never really thought much about it when I first started practicing I was I was dancing a lot because I was a ballet I was um, doing ballet so I was doing that like you know seven days a week three or four hours a day like I was really it was a very physical thing and it was something that was my moving practice the, the ballet so when I came into yoga at the very beginning I enjoyed it because of the of the physicality of it. It got me into my into my body the same way that ballet right, did. Right. And I loved it. What I loved in addition to it was the breath. Because finally someone's teaching me about breath. Because in ballet I would hold my breath to do pirouettes right. or to do an arabesque or whatever. Um, so that was profound. And then over time like so the ballet practice or the ballet um, commitment, training, it really taught me discipline, it really gave me, it really gave me like a sense of, you do this every day, and you show up, and you will get better, so when I first started practicing yoga, I had the same intention, I'm gonna do this every single day, I'm gonna commit to my, an hour and a half, because back in the day, you know, 90 minutes was a thing, now it's like 60, now it's 45, but um, 90 minutes on the mat, and I was very, very committed to that daily practice. And then over time as I became a mother and I had other responsibilities come into my life, I realized like I had to also like allow I had to learn to to be a little a little bit more free with myself and to also trust my body and trust my intuition as to what I might need for that day. Because Back in the day i would be like i'll just do like 90 right, minutes like physical practice and i'll be and i push and i push and i'll push and i'm gonna be better and it's great because it's mental discipline it's it's a commitment and it's a very like it's it's like a spiritual shift when you're on your mat but then over time i've learned to just trust my body to trust my intuition to go to to move the way that my body is showing me that day to maybe not practice one day because I need, my body needs a rest, to maybe do shavasana for 60 minutes the next day, to maybe do like two-hour practice the next day, to maybe do 15 minutes of pranayama the next day. And it's like this is asking the question and being very, yeah, and very um, accepting of, of that, of what of what is needed. And obviously becoming a mother, like when I became pregnant, I became so much more mindful with my with myself and with my body. And I had this other being inside of me, so I was paying attention more, and I realized my practice deepened with the mindfulness that I was bringing into my practice. And I started started to learn to learn mindfulness. Then, after years and years of practice, so it's it evolves. And then, you know, uh, post birth, I I you know I moved a little bit the first six weeks, but I obviously I was healing my perineum, so I couldn't really do that much. And then I. I, and then again i had to learn my i had my body was different so i had to learn my body i had to understand it all over again and then it shifted again and so it's 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 like this never ending like beautiful evolution and it's yeah it's and i'm still sort of experiencing that evolution now let's
0: talk about being a mother or or, or let's, let's let's talk about love Oh my god! <laughs> I love it. I, I I I don't really know you, right? This is the first time we sort of really having So it's a actually great right? we're talking. So I'm not sure what to ask about this topic, but I I, I want to know like um. Like what I wrote here, like <laughs> I wrote like let's talk about love, taking advice, what's your story behind that, and what do you like? What's your experience with? Love?
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, wow, this is like another big thing. I have always been like I there's this thing inside of me since I was a little girl I'm like I'm in love with falling in love like I love being in love I love like the feeling of love and I've always like imagined all this 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 guy's gonna come and like taking me away and I'm gonna have this amazing life and this and that and then like I guess I always I always had that Um, imagination I always had that fantasy and somehow along the way it kind of got destroyed because I was like I realized the reality of it was that it wasn't like you're not gonna find love through someone else swooping you away you're gonna have you're gonna have to find love through the deep personal work of loving yourself first Mm. and even you know a couple days ago Blair's like do you love yourself And I like sat with it, I'm like, and I was joking, I was like, no. (laughs) And he was like, okay, we've got a, then he was like, okay, we've got a problem. And I mean, we were kind of joking around a little bit, but you know, what he was trying to say was like, it's love is like to love, to be able to love somebody, you have to love yourself. And that journey for me was about, you know, all through my twenties until now and meeting Blair and he is the love of my life. Uh but only, he's only the love of my life now because I finally learned to love myself and I finally learned to trust that within myself that that is, it's not, I'm not getting it from him and I'm getting it from me and Mm. what I'm seeing in him is that is a reflection of what I feel within myself and it's and, and the same for him as well so when we come together we meet and I'm not, I'm not needing anything from him. And he's not needing anything from me. But we meet and we join, we merge, and we share our lives together. And then it's so there's no codependency. It's just, uh, it's a love.
0: It's two individuals coming together in a common space. And that space is love.
1: Yeah, exactly. To put it in simple terms. Similar like yeah. how
0: you described fear, where it's a space that you can, in a way, freely come and go it's just a matter of being aware of it and being able to con- control your emotions is that a, too strong of a word control
1: I mean you don't want to really necessarily control your emotions because the emotions are also really real so, yeah, it's and we all have can, them yeah um, so you're not
0: going to suppress it you're not going to deny, deny it It. if you are scared you're scared if you're happy you're happy there's no you can't resist it But, but you can do something to it you can you know that's why you can choose to feel um, suffering. You can choose to feel pain. You can choose to feel happiness, even in even though you're in a space of unhappiness. It's a choice in a way.
1: Yeah, mm. definitely, and and definitely like, I I had to go through experiences of being in relationships and marriages that were that I thought was love, mm. but. It, it wasn't because it was gra- i was grasping at love I was yeah i was of it. i was yeah at the idea at the idea of it of like why aren't you loving as, me as much as I love you I'm giving mm. you more and you're not giving me as much and it it was this sort of yeah like there were expectations, was expectations so. that weren't met and and I'm you know it relationships are hard like it's not an easy thing and it's some it's definitely for me like a place where I practice my yoga and I'm so grateful because I have someone next to me now where we have very similar values about the way we live our lives, and we're both very different people, but we're still we're still able to meet based on those very strong values of who we are, what we are, and how we want to parent, etc. So, but definitely, I've been through um, relationships where I, I grasped at at love, and I wanted. I wanted this person to fulfill something that I, that I um, didn't have within me. So it was a hole that I was filling right. within me and I was using love as, a, as, a, as an addictive thing. It was like a potion. Mm. And, and when they weren't giving it to me, I was like blaming them and shaming them and making them feel bad when actually it was totally my responsibility and I wasn't um, taking that into account. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah,
0: it's a, I think it's a very common Thing for people to seek love in a way to fill up that whatever that the emptiness or something that's missing in their lives. Once you once I find that person, that person will fill that part of me for me. But it isn't that person's responsibility. It is your responsibility to, to 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 heal yourself, and then when two beings who are full meet, then you can start to create something that's new. Not otherwise, it becomes a. an attachment thing where like i need you to feel happy you need me to feel happy and then if you don't have each other then you're miserable no one right you you still need to be happy in your own space and then if something comes along then then great you complement each other and you can grow together not in that toxic sense where we need each other otherwise we will fall apart if we're not together then if you're if you feel that way then you'll be forced to stay in a relationship that may be abusive or may may not be working out, but you're too afraid to leave. Exactly. And that's just a lack of realization of what, or rather your understanding of what love is. So then what is your idea of love?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, I I am completely, at this point in my life, I'm completely in love with Blair. (laughs) (laughs) So I, and I know deep down within me that he feels exactly the same. And it's something that is so pure and so wonderful. And then there's also that love, but it's, it's a love for him that has arrived for me. So, and it's, it's, it's been a huge journey to get to this point. And I must say that throughout my 20s and my early years, I, I, wasn't, I definitely wasn't in the space of loving myself. And I, even through years and years of practicing yoga on the mat, I only really discovered this self-love, I would say, like a year ago, a couple years ago when we met, where I finally met somebody who reflected that love within me. And then I have, and then obviously love, like, for children, for my children, and, and then you keep going, you keep expanding love for all for humanity and in love for the for for the planet for mother earth and love for nature and then it keeps going but I've been since I since I you know have started exploring this love within myself and going into that space more and more and obviously sometimes I leave this space and I have to remind myself to come back into the space again I have been discovering this like infinite possibilities of of love you know love for of, of home yoga, love of the community here, love of the students who I speak to, and appreciation for that, and then this love transforms into, into gratitude for everything that life has given me, and then it—it's like—and then you, I was saying to Bolera the other day because he does his meditations in the morning, and and I sometimes I say to him, sometimes when I go into like my meditations and I go like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna practice like a, a, grat- a gratefulness meditation. I'm gonna say, you know, in my mind go through all the things I'm grateful for. And, and the next minute I'm like, I'm grateful for, for Blair, I'm mm-hmm. grateful for my children, for Monroe and Navy, I'm grateful for my family. And next minute I'm like, I keep going out that circle. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and I feel, I feel that, that feeling of love reflects the same um, energy as, as, as gratitude where you just mm-hmm. infinitely expand upon it.
0: That's true. I feel like there are many different layers of love. There is love for your partner, romantic love. There is love for your mother, your children, like motherly love, that that, self-sacrificial love that mothers have, like no matter what the child does, you will always love him, you know? Uh, there is love for, for food, there's love for yoga. These, mm. are, these are not romantic loves, this is just a different level of loving. And once you have an understanding of that and then it, it, and it, you feel it in different ways, and you're able to appreciate it in that particular space. Hmm. Okay.
1: I guess once you arrive within with that feeling of love and lovingness, then wow, it's, it's everything. Mm. Everything becomes beautiful. Yeah. E- like everything you eat becomes delicious, and everyone you meet becomes these reflections of yeah. lovingness within you, right? And then you just, everything just starts, and then you start trusting that life is just beautiful. Mm, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's been like amazing actually, we're having this conversation because. The last, you know, few weeks has been up and down and topsy turvy, and so I had to really keep reminding myself to trust that the truth is the truth of nature is that everything is love and everything is beautiful and everything is connected and everything is consciousness. And like, once I could, every time I hear a bad story, like, oh my god, like this this thing is happening in the world, I just have to quick, quickly bring myself back into like this other space of trust and, and, and lovingness. And then I was, I was sharing with you that the other yeah. day, but what Copper said to me, and he was like, just, just trust in the path of yoga. Trust in this, in, 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 in the knowledge that we are all going to die one day. We don't know how we're going to die. and That's irrelevant. But we know... There's an end. There is an end. And we also know that we can choose how we want to die. And that is with grace and peace and that was like so comforting because no matter what happens in the world or this or that or the other we will die and that and when we meditate on death we will always meditate back onto life and the magicalness of life
0: just like when you were saying about how when you hear a lot of bad things or rather like your understanding of love is that there's love everywhere there's love in food there's love like you eat a meal, the fact that you can enjoy this meal is love and gratitude. The The person that prepared it, prepared it out of love for you. Like it's life force, you know, like you eat it, mm-hmm. you consume it, you feel good. Um, everything that you do, everything that is made, every tree, every insect, that at its core is love. And when you see bad things happening, most of the time the bad things that happen, it still has hints of love in it. Whether it's rioting, it's the riots are violent, but it's the cause is because of injustice, which comes from love for George Floyd, mm-hmm. right? Or whether it's um, um, people are stealing food at the market, it's because I want my family to be able to eat and to use the toilet paper, or whatever you know. Yeah. So everything that they do, it's they use hate or they use fear or they are driven by that, they driven by violence. But it, in a sense, it's still call, uh, love. So then love is at its core, it's maybe it's good, but then there are, there are a lot of things that have been done in the name of love that are bad, like uh, uh, abuse, spousal abuse, mm-hmm. um, revenge. All this is also in the same, in the name of love. I love you so much. This bad thing happened to you. Now I'm going to go and do it back to that guy. So there is a balance, right? And it's whether how we understand and how we use that knowledge of love and how we live our lives in that way to then be graceful with it or to to go out kicking and screaming
1: yeah definitely i feel like with with love you know there's obviously like people doing you know bad things out there and i think it's really important to practice that sense of compassion as well for everybody and and non-judgment because it's so easy for us to to say well you're you're throwing bricks at, at glass windows and um, doing this to people's businesses, and and ruining it. Um, how can you do that? You're you're this and you're that and you're the other, and that's judgment. And it's criticism. It's and it's not constructive because it's creating more separation and more division. So I feel like sometimes, you know, I catch myself as well, like making those judgments, and I really have to pull myself back and sit within and. And reflect on it and actually like if we can all somehow balance the conversation and and find a place of oneness where we can all meet in that space of love compassion whatever you want to call it it's uh it's 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 or you know consciousness or whatever and so we're not arguing i'm saying i understand why you're doing this and it's it's you have your reasons um and then and I'm with you in that, but then you also, so you practice that empathy and that compassion for someone doing that, right? For someone throwing a break at someone's window. Um, and, then, and then they come back and they say, I understand why you feel this way, and I, I meet you and I hear you, and then only from that space can we create positive, constructive dialogue. Without that meeting, without that sense of merging and oneness, I just feel like we're just continuing Separation, one division, one-upping each other. We're continuing the the cycle of violence and fear, and um, it's never ending. It, Where do we go from here?
0: I feel that that is driven by ego, right? I want to be right, or your way is wrong, and I'm trying to impose what's right or what I believe is right onto you. But there are a lot of ways to deal with a lot of things, and like it, it's it goes back to the yoga, a lot, Like like always, yeah. It always, <laughs> always does yes. in in a way. So. Um, I had a point, but I, f- I forgot what I wanted to say.
1: It's like that. Maybe think about it, but I'll, I'll share something. Like if, it's like you know we're talking about Shiva and Shakti and male and female and yin, yin and yang, yang and light and dark and we can all very easily go into dark and and meet the self that will inflict damage on people. Like I have as much capability to kill somebody as you do as does the person in jail does who kills somebody. Um, and if we meet that darkness, and we um, we accept that darkness, and then we also meet the light, and we somehow balance these forces within our bodies consciously on an on an individual level, then this gets extrapolated out into your wider community, and then that goes into the world. So I always feel like the work starts from you, from mm-hmm. within, and we can go out there and we can like, be activists and we can be like dude don't do this don't do that black or white or this and that but still that's all like separation it's all this or that or black or white or um, male or female it's like you know sexism racism all sorts of things can we just have a dialogue where we actually address these things within ourselves first before we go out there and try and address what the world needs Because most people aren't doing that. And I'm, I'm talking about myself as well. Um, can I try and fix my relationship with my brother first and address that and try and heal that before I go and save the world? Can I try and work with that hole within myself that I'm carrying around me or that shame or that guilt, that mom guilt I'm feeling all the time that is making me um, feel disempowered in my day to day life. And then like from that space, we we, we, we we heal those things and then we're and then maybe we're whole enough to go and do the things that oh maybe the the, the, the globe everyone's doing it and maybe the world will just naturally heal itself right from all the misgivings and all the the racism and all the sexism and and men can be men and powerful and individualistic and women can be women and powerful and individualistic and blacks can be blacks and whites can be whites and we can all come together but um, yeah I feel like Sometimes um, I feel like definitely the conversation has to start from you.
0: It it it's about having that open and honest conversation with someone that you disagree with, and it's okay to disagree with someone. Like I mean, we'll, anybody will disagree with you if you have a different opinion about something, but it's about understanding that where that 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 opinion comes from, or 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 having that dialogue with someone because then that is the one that. The conversation is what brings the two of you together to form that oneness. Exactly. You can disagree, like say I disagree with you, you disagree with me, but we understand where we come from and like I can be I understand why you want to do live your life in a certain way and and understand why I want to live my life in this way. No right, mm-hmm. no wrong, but we understand it and now we can sort of move on with our lives. But if you don't have that conversation, then it's always like Oh, it's supposed to be that way. No, it's supposed to be this way. Uh, fuck you, fuck you. And then like everything go, goes crazy. So then it's about the dialogue and in the context of yoga, it's also about that oneness and how you, like say as a teacher, you're supposed to teach that. You're supposed to communicate that. We are, we are professional communicators. We're trying to communicate an idea that we feel, that we have, that the yoga has taught us. So whatever I've learned, I'm trying to communicate that through, to you in the class through asanas or through queuing or through contemplation. And in a way, y- you know, you save the world, you change the world by changing yourself, Yeah. right? So you, yeah. I have to work on myself first, my, my, in, my, inner, whatever, my inner workings. And m- once you tune in, once you, once you are able to work on that, you are a happy person. you you go out in the streets, you're not so angry. You don't want to start troubles. You don't want to start a fire. Someone bumps into you, you're not going to punch him back. You know, that's how it starts. So once Mm. you are are sorted out, once you are okay on, on all your levels, when you go out, you don't cause any trouble. And people who are with you like to be around you and they learn from you that that is infectious. My good energy bounces back to you and then that person goes out and spreads that, you know. So then in a way, the yoga can change the world because it brings awareness to the self
1: oh my god it's 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 right? amazing so yeah. you
0: you want to save the world you want to stop all the violence in the war you Go to yoga you go to yoga. Yeah, and
1: you and you stop the violence that you're inflicting on yourself. Yeah. Right? And we are all doing it. We're inflicting Mm. violence on ourselves in some way or other, whether it's through our our thoughts or our diet or what or the way we sleep. Just how you
0: you party every day. We drink
1: alcohol every single day and binge drink or whatever. Like we're those that those things are also violence on ourselves. And Mm. maybe we want to work on that first before we go and try and save the world. So
0: and all these things are not just because you indulge in the alcohol or the, the 20 packs of cigarettes you're smoking every day. It's a, you're doing that because of something else. You're doing that to socialize because maybe you're alone. You're doing that because you want to fit into the crowd. You're, you know, it's never about the act itself. You're not doing it because you, you want to do it. You're not eating McDonald's every day because you want to. It's something else underlining. And if you're being aware of that, which the yoga teaches, then you can address that issue.
1: Exactly. Yeah yeah it's yeah it's such a deep deep inner work mm. hmm. maybe this podcast Ugh. will help change the world
0: <laughs> I hope so it's a it's a dialogue yeah right? it's
1: a dialogue it's and it's um, I'm learning a lot as well like because when I whatever I'm saying you're reflecting back onto me and I'm like wow like that's I, I you know I'm listening it to it with a fresh uh, perspective and it's it's nice I appreciate it mm.
0: hmm. <laughs> let's see what else oh um I have some generic questions, and I feel like you might have nice answers for this, okay? What do you think is the biggest problem in the world today, and what can people do about it?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so much happening in the world right now. Oh, I think we kind of just talked about this, right, didn't that's we? That's true, yeah. You know, it's like, it's not even one thing that is a problem it's it's an amalgamation of of the things that we're doing to ourselves the addiction the you know the stories we tell ourselves to justify and rationalize why we're doing this to fill the hole within ourselves that is creating that separation and that division and and violence and yeah and um fear and all the stuff that we're seeing come up more uh, recently so you know and you know we're not even just talking about race or sex we're talking about the environment and we're talking about you know um, mother nature being destroyed and we're talking about uh, like uh, you know violence at home and you know people uh, addictions at Mm -hmm. home and depression and um, children who are so stressed out that they're jumping off buildings and um, people who are hungry kids who are hungry in the world who aren't being fed because there aren't planes um, or, or, or. yeah, there aren't planes flying there now because of what's going on. Oh, I mean, true. there's, mm. there's a, a multitude of problems, but yeah, I think we, we, it's, but it always starts from the person. Mm. So that that's sort of yeah, we can we can go back to that conversation again. Yeah, that I think we already talked true, about
0: true. it. What are you afraid of?
1: Oh, wow. That's a really amazing question because I've never really thought about this. I mean, I I have this, like, sometimes I get afraid of losing the people I love around me. And I have to work with that because that, in, in its essence, I'm afraid of death. Mm. And we just said that if you meditate on death, you will yeah. activate that Meditation on life and its life-giving force, and so it's it's a it's a deep work for me because I think of you know like people in my family dying or I don't even actually I, I'm not personally afraid of my own death. Well, maybe I am. I'm not. I'm, maybe I'm just like being. I'm I'm lying to myself right now saying this, you know, because...
0: You'll never know until you have to face it.
1: Well, actually, let me tell you the story. Like, when I was giving birth to Navy, um, I had Red as my midwife and Amber um, as my birth uh, assist. And they were two amazing women. And I I was in active labor for nine hours. And I was... I thought to myself i'm gonna have this natural home birth i'm definitely gonna be okay and uh, i will work through the pain and i will come out alive i got to eight hours and i was like screaming at blair take me to the hospital right now like there is and i I meant it i had no like i i just just wanted the drugs i wanted the relief from the from the sensations that i was experiencing in my body for some reason he had to leave the room I think because Manu was jumping into the water pool and he was going crazy because I was going crazy because we're so connected and then it was just me and the woman in the room and then all of a sudden like I felt this like blanket of um of softness and gentleness and that very shakti feminine energy descend upon me and by that point I, I had expressed to red and amber I, I want to go to the hospital I, da, 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 and they were like not judging it they were just there holding space for me and red said to me okay well if we want to go to the hospital we have to get in we have to walk to the car we have to get into the car we got to drive there we're going to do the registration and we got to walk up the stairs into the lift and we got to and by the time she got to that point, I'm like, I'm not fucking going to the hospital. I'm having this fucking baby at home. I don't even care anymore because yeah. it was the, the thought of going through all of that. And I was really right at the end of, wow. about, of that transition where I was about to birth my baby. I, I let go and I closed my eyes and I was on my bed and I was on my side on my left side. And Amber came to me and she said, "Melvina," she held my hand and I was squeezing her so tight. And she's so fragile and I thought I was going to break her. And I, I said to her, and she said to me, Melvina, you have all the women, all your ancestors, in the room with you now, holding space for you and supporting you through this birth. And her words just sank deep into my pores. And and Red was at the very bottom of the bed because I think she was noticing that the baby was about to be born, so she was positioned there. And I just kind of like closed my eyes in between my my surges. And that moment, I, a thought came through me, and it was, I will just die now. Like I, I let go of life, oh. and I realized after that, for nine hours during my entire labor, I was holding on so desperately to life. I was, right. I didn't want to die, and I was so scared to die. And it was like going on this humongous, like shamanic journey. Right. Our medicine journey, where I was like at the end of it, and I'm like, I I'm okay with death because I had to let go to it. And that moment, Navy's Navy's head came out and he was born, and I was like, Oh, I'm still alive and I'm <laughs> I'm okay. So I realized, like you know, there is that fear of of death that we hold within us, even though we say I'm not scared of death. You get to it and you really meet it then let's have that conversation then. <laughs> so anyway, after the birth, I, I turned to Blair and I said, and he, I said, oh, that was intense as hell. And he said, yep. And he was tired because he, he said that he's been doing like yin yoga the whole night, holding me up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also really exhausted in his body. And he's, I said to him, I'll, I will never have to do a medicine journey ever again because that was it right there. And he nodded his head and he he didn't say anything back to me, but I, I knew he understood because he's been on a few um, medicine journeys. So I was like, yeah, so maybe there is a part of me that still has that within me—the fear of death—and maybe I had, maybe I have had let go of it during Navy's birth, and I don't know. And maybe I'll find out again with this new baby that's coming in December, and its baby. birth. And maybe um, I will realize, I will <laughs> discover then whether I really have had let go of the fear of death. We'll find out.
0: Fuck. <laughs> I, I, I I feel that's the motherhood is something that men will never understand and men and women will never be equal because men will never have the ability to give life that sacrifice that pain that you endure for 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 a birth oh i will never be able to go understand or go through that so uh, you know but
1: you're not meant to you yeah, know we're not men meant to. are supposed to be like This Shiva like energy, obviously, you want to have that balance of like the feminine and masculine within you, but like imagine that you are a, a, a boat, a ship, an ocean liner in the ocean, and then you've got the waves. Like, I imagine the Shakti energy, the womanly energy to be the waves of the ocean crashing onto the boat, like, you know, trying to distract the boat from its purpose and from its destination. But this boat is Shiva, and it's like, it's just going, it's going ahead, and it's and it's it's meet it's going to meet its, des, its destination and it's 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 relentless in it and that is equally as powerful as that mm. shakti energy that's that is true. bouncing upon the the the, uh, the ship that's trying to steer of course but and i feel like a lot of men these days um oh yeah 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 yes I on, feel, well okay I, I want to try and be as um, PC as possible. <laughs>
0: no need, <laughs> not necessary. Go on.
1: <laughs> you know, I just feel like we, um, like, definitely we have um, a history of suppressing women and, you know, with not being able to vote. And we have the suffragette movement that definitely, you know, put that, it, that woman died for the cause and we've had this in our ancestral lineage so i do not i definitely do not say that there isn't that that, that there isn't like sexism happening in the world because it's it's in our it's 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 in the history it's in our it's and then those are facts but also i feel that now we've come in full circle to this time where we just have men now who are we've got the me too movement which is wonderful because women are standing up and speaking up but then we've also tilted the balance the other way where men are scared to speak up. Men have become um, subjugated to um, to this sort of feeling of being of, of the, if they speaks if they say something they will say something wrong. There's a repercussion to and what you say. Exactly and then it becomes like women have it's like this balance has tilted and women have become now the abusers and men the abusees and it doesn't work at all like it needs we all need to meet we all need to there there there, there doesn't need to be an abuser or an abusee like men need to um stand up be powerful be shiva-like be strong be masculine and embrace those qualities within themselves um, but sometimes i see now like because of this movement men have become wimp, like wimpy and uh, you know useless and cowardly and scared How to speak up <laughs> i know i'm saying i'm just saying i'm generalizing yeah. here you know because i know many men who are very masculine very powerful and amazing and i'm very inspired by them but i'm i'm talking about generation here of just the way the dialogue has tilted in its favor and it's good because it's like we because we, we love these women being strong but at the same time like can can we can we stop can out. we stop the abusing back and forth? Can we just really sit in our knowing that I am masculine and I am powerful and I am feminine and I am powerful and we both and and these two um, energies meet and create the world
0: you need the you need the directional force of the boat to go straight and you need the waves to push that boat to go forward as well. so, without the the boat is just a boat without waves the waves is just waves with no direction without the boat yeah you need that balance
1: and sometimes it's also a matter of acknowledging it you know like i get really shakti sometimes i'm like in, you know at, and i can also be very shiva like i will be at home and i'll be like irrationally like trying to start an argument with blair like because i'm feeling i'm not feeling good that day and he's being like him his um And he he can see that and he he acknowledges that he needs to be that boat in the ocean to hold space for me, to bounce upon him and to (laughs) wreak havoc upon him and to create a huge scene and this and that and then like and then hold space for me to be that violent forest, destructive forest really. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I and then yeah, and then it's like and and then and I don't know, then it's there then there is this kind of natural symbiosis between that uh, happens between both of us I mean we're I mean this is kind of taking it a little out there but you you get it yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. I get it um this is this has been interesting I need a, I feel like I need to breathe for a bit <laughs>
1: Because I mean, like, if you really think about it, like, women are crazy,
0: right? <laughs> you said it. I didn't say it. <laughs> like, you we're, said it. like,
1: like in this, in this, in a good way. Like, yeah. we we have that within us to destroy. We've got that Cali energy. We've got that destructive energy, but we also got we can create. We can create babies. We can create human beings. We can birth them. So wow, like if and we need in order for us to have these strong women in society and in the world, we need strong men. Mm-hmm. Right, we need strong men to hold it up, to be pillars of support, to be strong and masculine. I mean, in the hunter and gatherers, they would go hunt for, for food for their communities, and that was that created that natural then, masculine and feminine yeah. force. And I feel like, you know, in what we see now a lot is is the opposite of that.
0: You you seem to be very um, uh, feminine driven, right? Oh. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but you seem to have a, a huge knowledge of what it means to be a woman. but then what if, what does it mean to be a man then? Like what are your
1: I love seeing men in their power. Hmm. I'm not even talking about being like powerful and like hitting a woman kind of power. I'm talking about like being in their own power where they really acknowledge their feminine side as well and they are like, they're sensitive to it, they're em- empathetic of it, but they are sh- they hold their space and they have their own purpose in life. Right. They are out there making a living, they have a deep sense of dharmic purpose.
0: Mm.
1: They they know what they want and they go for it. And to me, that's very attractive in the men. You know, the other day I was seeing, I kind of, I was, I was walking past um, Studio One in Valley Point and I saw Blair standing in the middle of the room, he was wearing all black, and he had the 14 students in front of him, and he was standing up, and he was talking to them. And it was really exciting <laughs> for me, it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was, it really, like, I, I you saw I, him
0: in his natural state. I saw being, him in his yeah, power, yeah. it
1: was, and he wasn't being,
0: He wasn't looming over was, them, yeah, he no, wasn't he wasn't he was he, he was. he was there with, there with there, them, yeah. and
1: I was so, Affected by that I was I couldn't stop thinking of him the, the whole day and I had this deep admiration and respect for him And I love when men can and if imagine if all men are like this And all women were like this and powerful equally and we meet it's like we would have a a, a Beautiful world an empowered mm. world that is embodied within Right Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but you, you, you need different you need the different energies to complement each other yeah light and dark fire and water you you need a balance of it so feminine and masculine and then if that the feminine quality is or the masculine quality is um diluted in some way there is imbalance already
1: yeah always
0: Mm, okay
1: It's constant it's a constant balance and rebalancing and that's the, the, the yoga practice and we always come back to it because it makes with what we know and is what we we practice what we mm-hmm. try to practice at least and
0: balance
1: balance and you know I liked what Rodney said once in a, a journal and he's a yoga teacher in LA and he said that it's 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 like an everyday balancing act like you, um, sometimes you wake up and you're your gauge has moved a little to the left so that day you have to kind of move it a little to the right and sometimes you wake up and your gauge is to the right and then do you meet the right and that's your balance that day or do you bring that back into the center again and it's it's it shifts from moment to moment from second to second from minute to minute from hour to hour from day to day and if you think that you wake up one day and you're like I got this I'm I'm completely balanced I'm yogic that you know I'm done then then you're wrong because it's it's it's, it's a constant fine tuning and a constant practice and a constant sort of humility to to that sort of nat- to that force of nature within ourselves.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note. I feel I feel like we've we've covered what we needed to cover.
1: Wow, that was yeah. like amazing. It was my first podcast Yay. I've ever done in my whole life and I was super nervous. But I felt <laughs> I, I feel so comfortable with you, you know, like just sharing with you and
0: yeah. In and the, you're in your space. This is your yeah, space.
1: I feel I feel yeah, I felt like we spoke about some really cool things actually. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, any final words?
1: Oh wow. I mean, I think we we said it all. You know, I'm I'm just um I'm just really grateful like to have had this conversation and to be able to share this with the people who are listening and I hope that, you know, um that this means something to you guys who are listening and to you Aaron and it definitely I've learned from my, from this conversation as well. And listening to your story it was the first time, first time I've actually heard it. So that was uh, really inspiring for me. So I'm really grateful for that too. And if anybody has any feedback or any things to add on, upon it, please like feel free to share. <laughs> Cause I would love to hear everyone's opinions and thoughts. And, um, and you know, that's what, that's what makes it amazing is that we have the diversity of opinions, uh,
0: Keeping that to, conversation going to right? keep
1: it alive and to meet and to um, to practice that non-judgment and to yeah to keep this um, to keep this world going in a beautiful way
0: hmm. well thank you for agreeing taking the time off your busy schedule to do this with me really appreciate it
1: thank you yeah <laughs> that's it
0: i think i think yeah
1: can- got <laughs> it how long did that take?
0: Now holy 40, shit. holy. now 40.
1: That was, that was so good. It was yeah. amazing. I hope I wasn't like too crazy.
0: Mm, and that's the end. I don't think it was too crazy. I think it was the exact amount of crazy it needed to be. Yeah. Um, Like Mel mentioned at the end of the part, if you have any questions you wanna ask, Feel free to reach out to her if you if you want to learn more. Uh, she's really open to share and to hear different views and perspectives about about what we just talked about, there. And you know, yeah, just if you see her in the studio or wherever on the streets, just say hi. Uh, who knew that this pod would turn out this way? I never really, I never really know what we would talk about. So, um. Yeah, when we first start chatting, you 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 sort of just getting to know people, and then, and then it becomes so interesting. And then I'm glad uh, that she gave me the op, the opportunity, the occasion, to chat with her and to share on this humble platform of mine. If you like what you hear, share on your IG stories, repost it on whatever social media thing that you have. Tag me, tag the mostly yoga, IG account in it so that I can see it, um, then I'll repost it. You can DM me. You can uh, wave to me at the studio as well. You wave to me on the streets. If you see me, say hello. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I do get people coming up to me, say like, like students coming up to me and say like, hey, uh, listen to your podcast. ayo <clears throat> oh, yo, <clears throat> excuse me yeah like people coming up to me and saying oh I I listen to your podcast and it's always a bit weird like it's always I feel a bit embarrassed because like it's like so strange like people are listening you know I feel very um grateful and I do appreciate it when when people come up to me and tell me that they do listen and it feels nice so yeah I appreciate your kind words strangers who maybe have turned friends now because of this um yeah and don't be a stranger, I guess. Je, hope everyone's doing well and staying in, in I mean, you can come out now, but just stay safe uh, until the next episode, which is hopefully going to be out in a couple of weeks. Have a good day. Have a good rest of the day and have a good life. Okay, bye.